What? Go right ahead. Uh, very few this morning but I, I really I figured there would be and with this weather and everything that we've got out here and the number of people we've got that's kind of down uh, I know we've got several out there that's sick and we've just got some that just flat can't take this cold weather and uh, so with whatever's here I ask for God to bless them in a very special way you know, God knows who's here, and God knows your needs. Uh, my message this morning is, I've entitled it, Getting Rid of Spiritual Clutter. You may not understand what I'm saying, but too many times we get a lot of stuff down in us that is clutter. I mean, it slows us down. It keeps us from worshiping like we need to worship. We have been told all kinds of things by our enemy. Uh, we've been discouraged. We've had so much stuff happen in the way of this COVID and everything else. And uh, we have to realize that we have a Heavenly Father that is above any and everything that can come against us. Whenever Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He didn't say that hell wouldn't come against the church because it will and he knew it would because it come against him every day. But he also knew something. Something that we need to know. He had a heavenly father where that was above all things. He counted on his heavenly father. You know that Jesus was in prayer nearly constantly with his father. And Jesus made a statement. He said, I do not do the things I do not see the Father do, and I do not say the things I have not heard the Father say. That was their relationship. Jesus was here on earth, but he stayed in communication with his Father in heaven. And God spoke to him, and God speaks to us today. Amen. If we'll listen. But sometimes, like I said, we've got so much stuff inside of us that if we don't get rid of some of it we can't hear God talk to us we can't hear God you know that's it <clears throat> it said that, that, the, that God he said it's not a big loud booming voice that comes to us he says it's that little still quiet voice why is it still and quiet? Because you're going to have to get still and you're going to have to get quiet.
to be in the presence of God and listen to him. Too many times we want to rush God when we're praying. We want to rush God into speaking to us. God says, you're not ready to hear what I've got to say yet. You're not spiritually ready. You've got too much junk on the inside of you that you need to get rid of. You know, religion is man-made. Religion is man-made. What God wants is relationship, not religion. Religion is more like something that you just do constantly all the time out of habit. That it don't mean nothing. It's just something you do. When we worship and we praise God, it ought to be coming from inside of us. It ought to be a thankfulness that, oh God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in my life. I thank you for the way you're watching over me. I thank you for the way you're watching over my family. How many of us take the time to really sit down and talk and pray to God? Probably none of us do it on a daily basis. And we should. We should read our Bible every day. We should know what the Word of God says and what He is saying to us. You know, God speaks to us through His Word. If, you, if somebody comes and tells you something, go to God's Word and check that Word out and see if that's actually what God says. If, if they come and misquoted and told you something that is different from what God said, don't pay attention to it. Don't pay attention to it. God will not contradict himself. He will not go against what he has said. So if, if, if what you're told lines up with God's word, you can believe it. If it doesn't, discard it. Don't listen to it. But I just wanted to say that before we get into the message. It's not going to be a long message at all. But... Uh, when I was sitting down doing this, I had read a little bit of an article. And it kind of struck me. And, uh, but I read an article, and it's about a tradition that they have. It's not as common today as it used to be, but they, ha they do this over in Italy. And it really surprised me, because I'd never heard this before. But on New Year's Eve the people would gather up all the old stuff they no longer wanted or no longer used. Such, I mean, it was even furniture, clothing. And many of it was things that reminded them of their past that they wanted to get rid of. And what they would do at the stroke of midnight, they would gather up all this stuff, they would go to their windows and they would throw it out the windows. It might be a 10-story building. But the police would make sure all the cars were off the streets. Nobody left their house. Nobody was on the streets because this stuff was going to be coming out the windows. They were disregarding the stuff that they didn't want in their life anymore. They were disregarding stuff that uh, maybe it reminded them of something in their past that they wanted to forget. And probably every single one of us has a past and there's some things in there we'd like to forget. And there's a way we can do that. 
And that's through God. God can take all that junk away. And you know, the city would have street cleaners out there on that street ready. As soon as all this stuff was over, these street cleaners would be start cleaning up the streets. They would have those front end loaders and everything else, and they was hauling that junk off, and they was taking it to a dump where they would burn it. It would be no more. They would never see this stuff again that they were discarding and getting rid of. Uh, the people were getting rid, let's put it like this, the people were getting rid of their past. The things that, that, that they had that was reminding them of something that they wanted to forget. That they didn't want in their life anymore. And that got to me to thinking, you know, maybe some of us so-called Christians, that's what we need to do. There's probably some things in our lives that we need to disregard. We need to get rid of. We need to just totally do away with it so it's not there anymore. But we don't even think about it. And, uh, you know, and we can do this because nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. He can get rid of all of it. He can make everything brand new in your life. Listen here in Revelation 21.5. It tells us, and this is, this is God speaking. He says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. When God speaks, his words are true and his words are faithful. He can make all things new. And then, and two, I, I got to thinking about it. Here Paul tells us, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, this is one of my very favorite verses, and I've told you all that. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he becomes a new creation. All the old things in your life have passed away. All things now have become new. You have gotten rid of your past. You've gotten rid of your sins. You've gotten rid of everything that you didn't want in your life anymore. Actually, what you're doing, you know what this is actually saying? It says, for you are now being born again. You're starting a new life. You're starting a new life over. That old junk in your life, disregard it. It's not there anymore. I have forgot it. You need to forget it. I have forgave you of your sins, and I'll never remember these sins against you again. That old life is gone. But you've got an enemy out there that's going to keep trying to drag that back up into your life. He's going to remind you of the things that you want to get rid of. He's going to try and tell you things that you did that, oh, you need to keep doing this, yes. How could God forgive you of all those terrible things you've done? God's not like us. Many of us have a problem with forgiveness. Many of us have a problem with forgiveness. We cannot forgive. But God tells us that if we cannot forgive, that he can't forgive us. We're going to have to remember, other people are just like you. They made mistakes too. And God forgave them. You made mistakes and God forgave you. We need to get to that point in our life that when mistakes are made, we look at them and say, you know, like I said a while ago, there's an enemy out there that's going to try all he can to destroy you. He's going to keep things coming back to you and put them on your mind. Just like I said, he's going to be reminding you, 
He is such a loving God. How could he forgive some of that stuff that you have done? He's a holy God, and he is. And we better be glad he is. That he has spoken a word to us that tells us we are his children and that he loves us and that he will forgive us of the things that we have done, the things in our past, and he will never hold those against us again. He will cast our sins as far as the east from the west and never bring them back up. Now let's love. Can you think of some of the things maybe in your life you've done that you would have trouble forgiving somebody for? But God forgave us. And if God can forgive us, we need to have that forgiving heart, that forgiving spirit on the inside of us. People are going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. They're human. We're human. And God understands this. He knows we're human. Do y'all realize that's why he sent Jesus Christ? Because we are human and we couldn't do the things that we needed to do. But he sent his son to take care of, the, of our sins in our life, of the things that we have done. He sent his son to die on a cross to take our sins upon him. He took them from us and transferred them to his son and transferred his son's righteousness to us. Boy, you talk about a pretty good trade. We come out good. We come out good. We received Jesus Christ as righteousness and he took our sins. He took our punishment, the punishment that we deserve. He took it simply because of a great love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For whosoever should believe on him should not perish, but have eternal life. To perish means to be separated from God. To totally, eternally be separated from God. That's what it means, perish. They shall not perish. They shall not be separated from me if they will love my son, believe in him, and honor him. We're going to have to realize who Jesus Christ is in our life. And we should live our life to please Him. That should be very important to us, to please Christ. You know, but you know, I, I was thinking about something, and it's just something I read one time. It said that uh, there are many people going through life like they're driving down the highway looking in their rearview mirror. Driving down the highway, looking in their rearview mirror because they're so focused on what's behind them that they don't see what God's got ahead for them. We got to figure out. God loves us. He's got a life planned out for us. He has plans for us. You know, and many people can't forget about some things because, because they haven't dealt with their past hurts yet. They hadn't dealt with them. They're trying to figure out, how do I get past this? What do I do? They haven't dealt with their disappointments. They hadn't dealt with their hurts. And when we do this, we end up hurting others around us and our family as well as ourselves. 
Many times when we try to hold on to something, we're doing nothing but hurting ourselves, hurting our family. And, uh, but you know, God has made a way to set us totally free from our past. God has made a way to set us totally free from our past. Those things that we went through, those things that we've done, no matter what has happened in your life, you can have a life of peace. You can have a life of God's joy inside of you while fulfilling God's purpose and plans he has for your life. Do y'all realize that God has a purpose and a plan for your life? He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He tells us so. Here in Jeremiah 29.11, I'm going to read two scriptures. They're both the same, but they're worded just a little bit different. I did this for a reason. Here in 29.11, King James Version, it says, For I know the thoughts or the plans I think toward you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. I said, I want you to expect what your life is going to be and what I'm going to do for you. And now I want to read you another same thing, Jeremiah 29, 11. But this scripture comes out of the Bible and, it's, and this, this Bible is called God's Word. I love this Bible because it just gets down so earth, to earth. It says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not evil. Plans to give you a future filled with hope. This is God's plans for us. Maybe you feel like you'll never be able to get free of this life that you're living right now, of what you're going through. Many people, I've had phone calls, just people wanting to talk. Want to say, I'd like to talk to you just a minute. I'm going through something and I want to see what you think and what you feel like I ought to do. I don't like it when they say when you feel what you feel like. Well, I want to know what you feel like I ought to do. I say, no, we're not going to go there. Then you tell me what's wrong and we'll go see what God says about it. Let's, let's look at God's word and see what God says about what you're going through and how to handle it and how to take care of it. You know, we need to remember that God can do all things. God can do things that nobody else can do. Matter of fact, it tells us that in Luke one thirty-seven: For nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. You know, I got to thinking about that. They say nothing is impossible for God. Are, are we sure about that? I honestly think it's impossible for God to fail in what He says He'll do. He won't fail. If He makes a promise, we can stand on that promise, we can count on that promise, because that is what is going to take place. God cannot fail. What God has said, God will do. Or he wouldn't have said it. Many times, 
we look to blame somebody for what we're going through. We look to blame somebody for causing us the pain and the things that we're going through. But you know, sometimes it's not somebody else. Sometimes it's us. The mistakes we made, the choices we made, nobody else had anything to do with it. But we're looking to blame somebody else instead of looking where the blame should be. Us. We have a choice. What kind of choice did we make to put ourselves in these positions? Maybe somebody made that mistake of allowing drugs to come into their life. Maybe it was alcohol. Maybe it was lust. Or some other sin that you allowed to come into your life. You could have said no. We could all say no. But many times we allow it. And then we, then we regret it. We hate that we did. But no matter what, what kind of troubles we've gone through in the years, God can and he will make it right in your life if you truly want to change. Many people, I've done a sermon one time, it's called, Do You Really Want Change? Many people don't want change. They're so used to the life they're living and doing the things they're doing, they don't want to change. And they're causing heartaches, they're causing misery to others around them, and even to their family. But no matter what you've gone through, like I said, God can make that right in your life if you really want to change. And he makes it right when we bring it to Him and to the cross. When we truly bring it to God and to the cross, truly wanting things to change in our life, to start over, to be brand new, to be a new person. You know, God can heal us, take away the hurt of whatever's happened in your life. God can do this, and he has done it for many. When we come to God and we ask with our heart for his forgiveness, God does it. When we come to God, I think back at David, and all that David did, all that David went through. See, David brought every bit of that trouble upon himself. The choices he made. The lust, when he lusted after Bathsheba. Nobody forced him to do that. That was David. David brought that on himself. And when God confronted him about it, David was honest with God. He said, yes, God, that was me. I did it. I sinned before you. I sinned before you, God. And I truly ask for your forgiveness. And then David went on and he said, and when I prayed and I talked to God, I held nothing back. I held nothing back. I told God everything that went on. And I asked God for his forgiveness and he forgave me. You know, God wants to forgive us. He wants to forgive us. We've made mistakes. Every one of us in here have made mistakes. But God can forgive those mistakes. Because I look at David, and sometimes I'm so thankful for David, because when I look at David, I say, David was human, just like me. 
And if God can forgive David, then God can forgive me. For God said, I am not a respecter of persons. What I do for one, I'll do for another. God loves us. He wants to forgive us. He has even made it possible. Look at 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, if we have to confess them, be honest with God. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we are honest before God, God forgives us, He cleanses us, and He makes us righteous again in God's sight. And God will not remember, like I said a while ago, God will not remember our sins anymore. They are gone, and you are free from them forever. Don't let anybody bring those sins back up. Don't let that enemy come to you and remind you of your sins. You said, no, I have been forgiven by Almighty God. He has forgiven me. Satan, I rebuke you right now. I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to the word of my Lord and Savior. I have been forgiven. I am free. These sins are not mine anymore. They have been forgiven. Whether we realize or not, we hold the key to the freedom from our past. And I am so glad of that. Yes, I've got a past. And I'm glad it's gone. I'm glad that God is in my life. I'm glad He has forgiven me of sins in my life. I'm glad that He loved me enough that when He called me, I felt that call to serve Him. You know, even like David said, Lord, please do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. That's something we never want to lose. And that's the Spirit living on the inside of us. Stay faithful to God. Let God take them sins away. Let God get rid of those sins. He don't want you carrying them around. That's just baggage that you don't need. You've got enough stuff here you're fighting for now. You've got an enemy out there, like I said, that's coming against you every day. The devil wants you to keep dragging around a ball and chain. You've seen those prisoners dragging around that ball and chain. That's just exactly about what we are like when we're listening to Satan. We're dragging around a ball and chain that he has attached to us to punish us. You know, Freedom comes, like I said a while ago, true freedom comes when you forgive those who have sinned against you. And that is so hard to do. Forgiveness is hard. I've heard people say, oh, I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget it. Do you know, God nowhere in His Word tells you to forget it. He says, forgive them. Maybe sometimes it's good to remember it so it don't happen again. But nowhere does God tell you to forget it. He just says forgive them. God's probably the only one that can truly forgive and not remember again. But sometimes we can learn a lesson. We can learn a lesson. We have to forgive.
We have to forgive. This is what God de demands of us. We have to forgive in order to be forgiven. Once God, once and for all, you have been forgiven from your past when you have asked, how did God forgive me? God forgave us through the death and the burial of His Son, Jesus Christ, and His resurrection. That cross held so much power in what God wants to do in our life. We have to remember the cross and what took place on that cross and why. God, let's think about something. God has done His part in our forgiveness and taking care of us. Now we hold the key that unlocks the freedom that He has purchased for us. It's, us to, it's up to us. And that freedom comes when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's when the freedom truly comes is when we truly put Christ into our heart. To love like Jesus loves. To do what Jesus done. To serve as Jesus served. This is what God wants from His people. God wants it. When somebody looks at us, they see Him. They see Him. They can tell you that you're a Christian and I can see it. I know you're a Christian. That ought to be one of the biggest compliments you can receive is people saying, I know you're a Christian because I can see God in you. I can see God moving in you. I can see God working through you. But it's our choice. It's our choice. Some of us have made bad choices. And we need to ask God to forgive us for those. Move on in our life and make those choices that God wants us to make. I'll ask the band to come up. And if you're here today and there's some things that you need to change in your life that you would like to change, yeah, we're going into a brand new year. This would be a good time to start over. To make those changes you want to make. And God can make those changes in your life if you will let Him. So as they sing, if you feel like you'd like to come and just have a moment with God, come up here to the altar. Kneel before those altars. Thank God. Tell Him how much you love Him, how much you appreciate everything He's done in your life. Ask Him, say, Lord, I need some things changed in my life. And I'm trusting you to change them. To do what I need to have done.